Are you ready to be inspired, challenged, and strengthened in your faith walk? Are you ready to get breakthrough from those old cycles and thought patterns that you just can't seem to get freedom from? Then you've come to the right place. You are going to get freedom, you are going to get breakthrough, and you are going to get healing because that's the life that Jesus paid for. This podcast is not just talk. We're going to live it. I want to personally welcome you to my little podcast corner. My name is Jillian Ahonen, and I am so excited for what God's going to do through our time together today. Whether you're driving in traffic to work, out on a morning run, or sipping your coffee in a comfy chair, let's get our hearts ready for today's word. Hello there, family. Welcome back to another episode of Not Just Talk. My name is Jillian Ahonen, and I'm honestly very humbled that you've carved out time to join me today. There are a lot of things that I want to talk about over our time together, and one of the things that has been heavy on my heart, um, especially in the last couple of weeks with a lot of conversations that I've been having, including conversations that my husband and I have been having, and, and it's really about living a transformed life, the transformed life that the Bible says is available to us as new creations. It's one thing to quote scriptures that talk about transformation and our new life in Jesus, but God wants us to live it. He wants us to live fully transformed by the Spirit, empowered to be like Him. Today, we're going to connect with the number one thing that might be blocking you from living as a new creation in Christ, empowered through His Spirit. We've got to realize that the biggest stumbling block that will hinder us from living totally transformed is our mind. Listen to the scripture. All right, I'm going to read Romans 12 too. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Think about what that passage just said. What are the patterns of this world? Let's keep it really short and simple. The patterns of this world don't look like Jesus. (laughs) Okay. So anything that is the opposite of what Jesus would say, Jesus would do, how he would respond, those are patterns of the world. As believers, we're to become more like Christ, fully transformed. Basically what the scripture is saying is the key to transformation is renewing our mind, meaning we are actively, proactively lining our thought life up with what God says, not what our circumstances are saying, not what our feelings are saying, not what fear is saying. We line it up with God. From there, we'll know what God's will is and then live from a place that says, your will, your way, not mine. As we learn to renew our mind, transformation naturally begins to take place. Because all of a sudden, now we're living by the Spirit, not by the flesh, looking more and more like Jesus. This was a huge connector that the Holy Spirit highlighted to me when I was wrestling out a question with the Lord, wondering why so many believers are stuck living in old cycles, living by their emotions, still wrestling with the same things 5, 10, 20, 30 years into their faith journeys. I am all about the process, and we are each on our own journey. That is for sure. But we should start to look different along the way, according to the Word of God. I have and continue to experience mind-blowing transformation. 
Old patterns and behaviors that would typically get squeezed out of me when life gets hard are less and less in my life. And the cravings that my flesh once desired are seriously not my battles anymore. You guys, I'm nobody special. I don't have anything better or easier going on in my life that could explain why I'm getting so much victory. I just simply believe God's word and what's available over any other thought that tries to take up space in my mind. And I stand firm on what God says over what I'm feeling and over what my circumstances are saying. Now... When I get pummeled by life, and believe me, I get hit, okay? God knows what I've experienced the last 10 years, the last 20 years, the last two years, the last two weeks, okay? I get hit by life. My life really looks no different than your life. Maybe situations look a little bit different, but we all get hit, okay? So now when I get pummeled by life, what's coming out of me more often than not is the fruit of the Spirit. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Seriously. Not that messy, emotionally driven, whoops, I did it again person. I'm not trying to do this either. The fruit of the Spirit begins to effortlessly form in our lives when we live by the Spirit, not by the flesh. And it begins when we stop justifying our flesh and emotions that lead us to a thought pattern that's lined up with patterns of this world. Does that make sense? I still have a long way to go. I've got more breakthroughs to experience. I am not perfected yet, but I'm headed there because my Bible says that's what my new life in him is supposed to look like. Here's a few scriptures in case your thoughts want to argue with what I'm saying right now. I had many, many thoughts that opposed this idea of actually looking like Jesus because, you know, scriptures will talk about what Jesus did or what Jesus said or how Jesus responded. And my my excuse is, well, I'm not Jesus. (laughs) I'm just Jillian. So yeah, that's not going to happen. I want you to know that I used to argue with this idea and this concept to really start to look like Jesus and no longer look like the patterns of this world, but look like my heavenly father. So I'm going to read a few scriptures. Okay. This one is Matthew 548. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Those are Jesus's words. When Jesus talks, I listen. He would not say, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect, if it wasn't possible. So we need to really start realizing that if the Bible says this is the standard of living, then God's going to empower us to do that. 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed, there it is, into his image, with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. How many are still living out of the old? The Bible says the old has gone, the new is here. And we need to start walking in this truth. Romans 8.5-8 Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mind set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's laws, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. We have got to take this seriously. If your mind is dictated by flesh and by feelings, you are going to have a really challenging time living by the Spirit. That's where the renewal of our mind comes in. We have to start renewing our mind, standing firm in God's truth, believing for something more than what we're experiencing, and God's going to do the rest. 
Ready? For anybody who says, I can't, guess what? Through him you can. 2 Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. All right, one more, okay? Galatians 5.17. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I can't argue with the word of God. It's written very clearly that when I come into right standing with Christ and I give him my life, I've been invited to live empowered and changed. This is true and lasting transformation, and this is the freedom that Jesus is talking about. We're basically getting free from ourselves. More often than not, what I've observed through conversations within the body of Christ are words that expose a pattern of thinking that is shaped by emotions, circumstances, and their experiences versus what they have through Christ, with a very self-defeating thought pattern, and then their actions follow suit. For those of you who don't know, I'm an advanced certified Christian life coach. I don't take on clients one-on-one in this season, but these are a lot of conversations that I've experienced both casually and professionally, and I'm kind of wired to notice these things because I genuinely want to see people living free, and I just, I tend to notice the areas where they're stuck, believing things that are in contradiction to the word. Someone will be casually sharing their personal struggle or experiences, list out all their feelings attached to what they've gone through or are going through, and explain why they're so defeated, exhausted, overwhelmed, and most are usually living with depression or anxiety, stress, sometimes even panic attacks. And they believe it's normal to feel this way and live this way because their circumstances and feelings say so. You guys, that might be normal to the world standard, but not according to our new life in Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says we have the mind of Christ. We have access to a sound, clear mind filled with peace and joy. So if our mind is filled with worries of this life or fear and we're continually tossed by our emotions on a regular basis, we're not living with the mind of Christ. Jesus was not filled with worry in his mind and he did not experience panic attacks and depression. I try to put my humanistic ideas into perspective that way so I can check to see if I'm settling for the world standard, living by my flesh, and my old, born-from-Adam nature, or am I going after the promises and all I have access to through my new, born-again, empowered life in the Spirit. I know it sounds really silly, but if I can't picture or imagine Jesus from that place of defeat, then I have to get my mind back in check and start to stand firm in what God says I have through him. Living under our emotions, not keeping our thoughts in check, causes us to live by the flesh, and honestly, without realizing it, we become a victim to life. As believers, we are not supposed to be a victim to anything here on earth. Romans 8.37, right? We all know this one. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In order to experience all that Jesus paid for and actually become transformed, we have to realize our mindset has to shift away from humanistic patterns of thinking, which are usually emotion-led. When we start to renew our mind in truth and hold our thoughts up to the word to decide whether or not that thought should even have value or space in our minds, the transformation naturally takes place. It's not as complicated as one may think. I know I shared this story in my book, Ripple Effect, but I'm going to share it today also for those who haven't read it. I was a single mom um, going through a really painful and overwhelming divorce. Prior to my divorce, I was a stay-at-home mom, and all of a sudden, you know, now I'm sole provider. Um, he left. He, he just he left his responsibilities, so it was completely on me. 
I had to provide for them. I wasn't getting child support. I had my emotions to deal with because I was coming out of an abusive marriage. My kids had their emotions to deal with, with a lot of questions like, why did daddy leave them? And, you know, just the wounds that come from abandonment. You know, so there, there was just a lot going on. I had four kids under 10 at this point in my life. I was trying to put myself through online courses. I was working as a waitress also. So I, I just had an incredible juggling act. And there was one night in particular where my kids were just bickering. Kai, the baby at the time, I think he was like 18 months old. No, he was probably two at this point. And he was just being really clingy. I'm not okay. Older kids are bickering. I've got to make dinner. I'm exhausted. And I was at a snapping point. I mean, we're talking like one of those moments where you're actually afraid of what you're going to do because you are so overwhelmed and emotionally not okay. I was actually afraid of what I could do. Like my emotions were so strong and overwhelming. I was getting so challenged in every area of my life. And I thought I was going to lose my mind on the kids. <laughs> and what I did instead was I told them that mommy is going on a timeout because if I don't put myself on a timeout, I'm going to have to apologize for some bad behavior. And I really, I mean, I, I was trying to threaten them to make a real strong point. Do not come into my room. Please don't come into my room. I, I need a timeout. And I, I told them, I said, you know, I just put on a show on TV and I was like, just whatever you do, don't knock on the door. I'll come out when my timeout is over. And um, I went into my room and I shut the door and I was literally face down on the floor and I was crying out to God. And I'm just saying like, you know, God, you're in me and, and I need you to show up and I need you to help me here. And I, I'm I'm not okay, but I know what I have in you. And I just, I actually was kind of just like pouring out to God everything that was wrong, all the things that were going on, all the emotions. But I was also believing that the Holy Spirit is in me, so he's going to show up. I'm going to have the fruit of the Spirit coming out of this. I know what's in me. So I, I was down there for a while down there, meaning face down on the floor. And I thought I was doing better because I, I had spent time in prayer. And I got up and I opened my bedroom door to see my oldest son standing there. And <laughs> as soon as I saw him, I just started getting filled with that, I don't know, major anxiety or something. I just, I was definitely not in peace. And I shut the bedroom door and I put myself back down in that face in the floor position. And I just started declaring truth. I started declaring that I have the mind of Christ, that the Holy Spirit is in me and that what comes out of me is going to look like him. I just started standing firm in truth and declaring what I have in God and through God, what my kids were going to see in me. They were going to see Jesus in me. And I am telling you, I felt something so supernatural flood my entire body. All the heaviness and all the worry and all the anxieties of my situation lifted off of me completely. And I got up feeling incredibly light, filled with a supernatural peace and joy. The person that walked into that bedroom was gone. And it was the first time I realized the power of standing firm in truth, crucifying my flesh, choosing not to respond out of my emotion, going and putting myself on a time out, renewing my mind in truth, and the Holy Spirit showed up. But I had to line my thoughts up with what God says 
over what I was feeling in the moment of extreme pressure. So I'm here to tell you it's possible. It's possible to live a transformed life. That was the beginning that that these spiritual concepts really started to unlock. And I knew that I could fight for that new life in the spirit, that I could actually look like a new creation. I could walk through turmoil and hardship and overwhelming situations and look like Jesus. Here's the interesting problem that I seem to run into when I try to encourage someone in the Lord in the midst of their personal struggle. When someone is in turmoil, believing that the situation needs to change in order to feel peaceful, I remind them that we have access to a peace that transcends our human understanding, that no matter what we're facing, Jesus says that in him we will have lasting peace. Or through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, we can walk in peace and joy all day long, even before we see the breakthrough. And come on, you've got God on your side. He's always working. You can leave that problem at his feet and live by what you know to be true about him. This is faith in action. Whatever angle, whatever the problem, when I bring a scripture of truth to help them get out of there, like Joyce Meyer says, stinking thinking, it's usually not welcomed with a big fat hallelujah. I usually get a quick yeah but, and then the explanation as to why they are feeling the way they do, and if things were different, or you don't understand what I've been through, or what I'm going through, or what it feels like. Truthfully, this reveals where there are strongholds in their mind that want to argue God's truth, and it's costing them their breakthrough. 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5 The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. Have you ever connected with this scripture on a personal level? When I read my Bible, I'm constantly looking inward to see how this relates to me and what the Holy Spirit is showing me about myself that needs correcting. Have you ever stopped and thought, whoa, What's going on in my mind is literally arguing with what God says is mine through Jesus. Strongholds are the thought patterns in our mind that keep us from believing and living out God's best. We have to become aware and take each thought captive and then replace it with truth according to the word of God. The word of God should be creating a powerful exchange in our hearts. It's not just words. His word is alive and has the power to transform us. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. These passages show us that we've been given divine weapons to demolish any and all arguments that is against the knowledge of God. When I think of the divine weapon we've been given, I'm reminded of the passages in Ephesians that talk about the armor we're supposed to be wearing daily. Let me recap for you in case you're not familiar. Most of us are familiar with these passages, but I'm going to read the whole thing because as citizens of heaven, we are living in a war zone and we've got to be so rooted in truth, wearing our armor so that we remain standing through the battle. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 17. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. 
Good stuff, right? I want to share with you just a little story that really shows you the power behind these passages I just read. My older son, Caleb, went through a season in his early teen years where he was just experiencing a lot of depression, a lot of thoughts that were coming in that were totally the tactic of the enemy wanting to take him on a downward spiral. Each time he would voice to me, Mom, I'm really struggling, I'm feeling depressed, or whatever he was feeling heavy by, I would say, well, let's put on your armor. He would laugh at me, and he would be like, oh my gosh, Mom, this is so silly. And, you know, he just didn't, well, he probably didn't say silly, (laughs) but he was just like, you know, you could tell he thought it was silly. And um, he just, he thought it was like not going to do anything. But I encouraged him like, you know what, just do it anyway. And he did this every time. And every time he was like, oh my gosh, you know. So anyway, I would encourage him anyways. And because he trusts me, he chose to respond in faith. And I would repeat putting on each part of the armor and he would do it. And I'm not kidding you, the depression would lift. He would actually laugh. Laugh, one, because he felt completely different. And two, because he's probably sitting there going, I cannot even believe this is happening. This doesn't even seem real. There is power in the word of God. There is power in putting on our armor. We need to realize that God has given us tools and we need to learn how to use them. I want to talk about the helmet of salvation first. Salvation means to save, to deliver, to set free, and it's now. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, For he says, In the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. So at the point of coming to Christ, we're saved. We're delivered from our sins and from the work of the devil. We're completely set free from our past, even from ourselves. Our old nature is gone. Now we're free to live out our new natures to be like Christ. This is biblical. Most don't even believe this is possible and don't even bother. They just accept what the world throws at them, crumble when life gets hard, and end up being shaped by the circumstances rather than becoming more like Christ, purified through the fires of life. God put his spirit in us so that we could come out stronger, not barely making it. And the problem all roots from this truth. Most are living with a mind that is at war with God's truth, waiting for him to show up, believing that once he does, then they'll be okay. We've confused the victory and freedom that Jesus paid for, believing it's all circumstantial instead of realizing that it's actually an inward freedom that leads to our personal outward change. This is why the helmet's so important. We have to guard our minds against any and all thoughts that want to come in and veer us away from what we have in Christ. God knows if the enemy or life scenarios come in and cause us to start wavering in our faith and lies begin to form in our mind that lessen who we are and what Jesus paid for, we cannot live out our new natures or even experience life in the Spirit. None of us live mindlessly. We all have thought patterns that dictate what we do, what we say, and the actions that follow will come from what the mind is saying and believing. Our minds need protecting. And we need to stand firm in the truth that our salvation is bought and paid for and recognize that we are victorious through Christ, empowered through the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in us. We have got to come against any other thought that wants to come in and take us out of living victoriously free with a supernatural peace and joy. We have got to learn to come against any other thought that wants to come in and take us out of living changed, living victorious, living free. Notice the armor includes a defense weapon, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit and the helmet of salvation tie together. Obviously, the whole armor ties together, but I'm talking about the helmet and the sword today. <laughs> we have to guard our minds against the thoughts that flood us in a day that makes us weak. And when the battle is thick and heavy, we fight back with the word of God declaring what he says, not what we're seeing. 
Honestly, when I'm living in the flesh, my emotions dictate how I feel. I can easily succumb to depression. I've learned that through renewing my mind in truth, I don't have to live under depression at all, ever. Depression is not a characteristic of Jesus, and he is in me, so I shouldn't be living under that. I know we've pulled stories from the Bible and say things like, see, even so-and-so experienced depression, almost giving ourselves permission to live under something that Jesus overcame, and we need to stop doing that. I used to believe a lot of these concepts and the many ways even leadership preach from a place of relatability. I used to think, oh, okay, so I'm not alone in my feelings. Even he or she gets it. But truthfully, that gave me permission to stay in a mindset that was in opposition of the mind of Christ. And I didn't connect that I was doing all this until I got breakthrough and reflected back on my journey. Seriously, I used to find things to justify and rationalize all my emotions, living with a head full of toilet talk. But then I learned that was leaning to my human understanding instead of unlocking the things of God, living life in the spirit, which transcends beyond what our minds can explain. Realize this, okay? Everything that is available through God is beyond our human understanding. Humanly, none of this makes sense, and what's available seems crazy. So if you're trying to make sense of this in your human mind, you're going to miss it. We cannot try to make sense of the things of God and this new life we've been invited to through human reasoning. We will just frustrate ourselves and stay stuck. The Holy Spirit has to unlock this concept for you. The funny thing about all of this and my spiritual journey and getting the breakthroughs and becoming refined and looking more like him, I didn't learn this way of living like you may think. I was actually totally unaware of my thought patterns that were keeping me stuck in a cycle of unhealthy habits. Through my health and wellness journey, I became very in tune with all the thoughts that were coming into my mind that was causing me to live in a cycle of laziness and a lot of weight gain and emotional eating and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) So for me, gosh, over 20 years ago, I started to realize that the reason I was unable to get freedom and breakthrough and actually eat healthier, make wiser decisions, and get into fitness was my thoughts. So, for example, I fed all of my emotions. If I was happy, I wanted to eat. If I was sad, I wanted to eat. If I was depressed, I wanted to eat. If I was stressed, I wanted to eat. I had a habit of eating and feeding emotions, and that cycle left me tired, exhausted, lethargic, very little energy. Even though I desired to eat healthier, My feelings constantly overrode my desire for a healthier living lifestyle. And I started to realize that my thoughts actually gave me permission to stay stuck. I would say things to myself like, I don't care. So here I would have the moment of the feeling. The feeling led me to want to indulge in food. And in order to get myself to indulge in the food, I had to tell myself, I don't care about eating healthy. That is what set me up to live from what my mind was saying over the vision I had for myself. And I had to learn to really replace that thought that was causing me to live out an action that I really didn't want for myself and say things like, yes, you do care. You're always bummed when you overindulge. You always make yourself sick when you eat that way. And when I started to catch the things that I was saying, like, I don't feel like exercising. Well, if I didn't feel like exercising and that's the thought that I was entertaining, then I wouldn't exercise. So I had to replace it with, 
okay, you don't feel like it, but you know it's good for you. You'll be really thankful if you do. So I just, I mean, just silly little things, but I started to catch how often my thought process was leading me to staying stuck in the cycle. And I just, as soon as I started changing what I told myself, my actions followed suit. It was a natural trickle effect. It worked. When I started connecting with what I was thinking about and the many ways my thought life drove me to patterns and behaviors that were the opposite of what I desired, keeping me stuck in unhealthy habits and emotional eating cycles, I realized it was 100% my mind that was stopping me from getting a breakthrough. Then all of a sudden, fast forward to now I'm reading my Bible and I'm, I'm used to paying attention to what I'm thinking about and scriptures would jump out at me and I was like, oh my gosh. There were so many scriptures on the mind. This is the key to living transformed. This is the key to experiencing life in the spirit. I started to realize that my thoughts and feelings that I was living from were the opposite of truth. Learning how to replace my self-destructive thoughts for a bigger vision led me to healthier living. It's the same thing. When I started to realize that this new life in Christ is supposed to look like Jesus, sound like Jesus, what comes out of me should be his fruit, I began to have a bigger vision for what God has for me. And that's when I started to pay attention to my thoughts, renew my mind in truth, and stand firm in faith. Transformation is 100% available through a mind shift. I decided as a victor, I don't have to be a slave to anything my flesh craves because I want to live radically free. I think that's what it means to work out our salvation. If I were to believe every thought that came into my mind based on feelings and circumstances, there's no way in the world I'd be doing what I'm doing today. I wouldn't even have a podcast. I had to rewire my thinking and then make decisions based on the vision, not the feeling. I had to believe what God said over what my past said, over what my circumstances say, over what my educational level says. I had to learn to choose to believe that anything and everything I need, God will meet me, lean into his power that's within me, and what people see is the transformation that comes from a believing mindset. I can't even tell you how many people want to argue with me. Good-hearted, well-meaning, Jesus followers want to argue with this concept and this idea. And from my heart, I'm just trying to encourage them to a personal breakthrough. If I've got a pattern or behavior that doesn't look or sound like Jesus, I work it out until it's gone. If I have a thought that comes in that lines up with a feeling, not faith, I reject it. I live with a bigger vision in mind and no earthly problem or stumbling block is going to mess me up because greater is he that's in me and I'm going to come out looking like him. If God says transformation is available, then we line our thoughts up with what he says and stand firm. This keeps us in our race. This empowers us to live out our new life in the spirit. Are you connecting this? Do you hear what I'm saying to you today? Let's call ourselves to a higher standard of living and start behaving like citizens of heaven, not citizens of this world. It's time to start looking like our Father in heaven. Let's live with a mind that sounds like Christ and go after everything the Bible says is ours through him. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. I'm believing the Holy Spirit met you powerfully through this week's episode of Not Just Talk. Now for the real part. Let's take this conversation beyond talk and live it in our daily lives. Amen? Don't forget to check out my newly released book. I'm really excited. It's called Ripple Effect, a transformational journey into God's heart that will change you from the inside out. It's available now on your favorite online bookstore, Amazon, or you can order a signed copy direct through my website, jillianahonan.com. 
Also, did you know that we have a ministry app where you can receive direct notifications for everything we have going on beyond this weekly podcast? Just search Jillian Ahonan Ministries in your app store and download it for free. And please, I'd love to see your face on social media. Connect with me on my public Facebook page or on Instagram. I hang out there daily. Don't forget to subscribe and come back next week for another episode of Not Just Talk. Hugs and blessings, family.